Deal got a bunt right in front of the mound. What a great grab by Whistler. Throws the second base off the bag on the throw. Off the bag. Kinsler had a stretch, and I think Ian is hurt. He is still down, and the medical staff is on its way with Andy Green to second base, flying just off to the left of the base toward shortstop. Tatis, I beg your pardon, down. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Good Intelligence Podcast, live from Stumblefoot Brewery. I am David Marber of Change the Padres, joined by two lovely people today. Padres Jagoff, aka H.J. Preller, and Corey Stewart. Hey guys, thanks for thanks for having me here in Inland North County. <laughs> Thank you for having me as well. <laughs> Great guest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was a little late to this. <laughs> I hit the methane cloud and I just got totally oh confused where I was, Every where fucking I was time, going. Man. That's why you shouldn't have bought a toaster as your car. The like a normal car would keep the methane out of the vehicle. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just so used to not living in a place that's literally built on a garbage dump <laughs> with methane just flying through the air. We love our garbage dumps. So bunker. here's the thing with the garbage dumps. It produces great compost, and so all of our trees and stuff, they just grow very well. Hey, look, I'm not going to lie, Marver. I'm, I, I've, I've seen the hill behind your house here in, in beautiful San Alejo Hills, and there are not a lot of fertile green plants growing there. Yeah, there actually aren't. No, there really aren't. Right? No. By the way, but we in my development, the I will say. <laughs> the SEH. Yeah, yes. the SEH. And Marvin and I run these corners. All right, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> if something's happening in the square, we can both be there in like five minutes. <laughs> Boom. Corey, I think, will just jump out of his window. Yeah, exactly. I've got a path yeah. I have to Honestly, that's 100% true. <laughs> like when big things are happening at Shane's Pizza and Pints, I know that yeah. you guys can when be When shit there. is going down, <laughs> yeah. we're there immediately. So... Uh, Stuff has happened since the last podcast that you and I did. You guys had a podcast recently, but... Uh, you mean the podcast where we desperately tried to get you to show up and you failed to come and, and you, you know, disappointed Leisure Life fire. events, you know, I, I'm pretty much out of excuses. This. I had to fix my mom's typewriter, you know, like things like that. So, uh, Wait, yeah. like a real typewriter? No, it's actually, it's an old joke. It's a terrible oh, okay. excuse I used okay. to give back in high school when I didn't want to go hang out with oh, various people. I like that. I like yeah. that. Okay. But in any case... Well, let's get to the, the point here. You were about to have a child. Yes. You've, Very soon. As Leisure so eloquently pointed out today, mm-hmm. you've provided many, 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 many excuses through, through the life of this podcast, which is why we are only on episode 92, and meanwhile, like, 5.5 podcast is about to hit 100, East Village Times is already in 100. Oh. Good point. Meanwhile, we're just languishing. <laughs> Even though we've, we've been doing it longer than anyone, um, who, who can we squarely put the blame on this for? It's you, right? <laughs> by you. Probably mostly by you, me. I'm not I mean, there was, there was you, that I'm time, not, for example. I'm not referring example, to Corey Stewart. I'm referring to you, Marver. Yeah, I mean, there was that time, for example, where I went to Europe for like four months and didn't, didn't really 
talk to you guys or went to the World Cup for like a month and a half. Hey, and what about when you first moved to San Diego and then we didn't do an episode for like six months? Yeah. And then no, I had to get Bryant to do it. By the way, I still have not even been in San Diego for a year since I moved home. So that stat is definitely false. Well, I like how you're, a little bit of exaggeration. I like how you're using the excuse that you weren't able to cut it in San Diego County for so long, and, and now you've made this glorious return back, and we should all just drop everything for that. Yeah. But let's talk about baseball. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about that? The Padres just swept the Diamondbacks to get back over 500. Coming into the series, they had you know just gotten beat by the Pirates a couple times. Now they're two games back over 500 and in sole possession of second place in the NL West. Still, I think, seven games behind the Dodgers or six and a half or something, the something Dodger, like that. The Dodgers are ungodly. Yeah, good, yeah. I don't think we're going to catch the Dodgers. No. Seems quite unlikely. But you never know. They could sweep a three or four game series later in the year, and that makes up you know, a sizable portion of the difference. But in any case, alone in second place, what are your thoughts? I mean, they seem to be playing a little bit better right now than, than they were at the beginning of Tatis being out, and he's still out. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about the team? They're certainly playing better, right? Yeah. I mean, they're winning. Um, you probably can provide more statistical backup on this, but they're playing a lot of close games, mm-hmm. right? Even last night, you know, Hosmer, Hosmer hit the two-run home run, and they took a one-run lead from that. How sustainable is it to keep playing, like, one-run games? Like, they, I think they're tied for the lead in MLB for one-run wins. Yeah, so, I mean... There's, there's certainly a lot of randomness in the results of like in, if you look at teams win loss records in one run games, there's a lot of randomness there. A team who's, you know, ten games over five hundred in one run games is likely not actually ten games over five hundred in the future. Like if you, over the next X same number of games, they'll probably only be two or three games over five hundred. But it's still a skill. I mean, the Potters have like one of the best high leverage. Who's I guess only used as a closer relievers in baseball this year and Kirby Yates. So the question really is arguably in Padres history, right now. I mean you know, the way as, he's as performing he's right now. now yes. This may be the best relief season in history. Yeah, I mean there's a bit of era adjustment there because Hoffman's '98 in context to what was happening at baseball in '98, where league average ERA was like what, like f- like 4.7 or something crazy. That I think was more impressive to me. But still, yeah, I mean your point is. Valid. He's, he's Kirby's been like, incredible. He's striking out like 18 people per nine. Yeah, and, and the swinging strike rate suggests that it's actually not necessarily luck either. Mm-hmm. And that's the main point. If Kirby Yates actually is this good, if his swinging strike rate maintains where it is, he'll probably continue these rate statistics, in which case games that are one run in the late in the game, the Potters aren't going to blow them, whereas other teams do, like a, a reasonable percentage of the time. Um, I think the other factor there is that starting pitchers aren't going that many innings. And so they're, when they have a lead, they're clinging to it by consistently going to their best relievers. Now, outside Yates, our best relievers, you know, aren't that great. But still, I mean, I think – So, I mean, I guess to answer your question, I think they're not, they're, they're not bad. No, no, no. They're not, they're not they're bad. Fine. There's just a lot of mediocre relievers yeah. outside of Yates. Um, but I think that going forward, they're certainly an above – they're probably an above-average 500 team in one-run games. But are they going to continue to be whatever games over 500 they are? No, I think that doesn't mean the end of the year with a, a lesser gap. It means that the the gap that they continue to make will increase at a lo, like a lesser rate, if that makes sense. So we we talked about it. I think the last time we podcasted, we talked about when they were going into that twenty game stretch, right? With yeah, um, you know, Washington, New York, Atlanta, 
who else was there? Rockies, Dodgers, Dodgers twice, Diamondbacks, yeah. Pirates, and and we said that it would be fine if they went nine and eleven, and they actually went ten and ten. Corey and I discussed this last week, um, but it turns out that that was not actually that good of a, a twenty game. Like the opponents in that twenty game stretch were not actually that good, aside from the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean my win loss record. Well, I mean, did you watch us? Like, do you really believe in the Mets? Uh, no, but I believe the Nationals, in the Nationals. The yeah. Nationals are one of the worst teams in baseball. Yeah, right but now. record-wise right now. But, like, if you look at their roster up in, from the top to the bottom, are you actually going to tell me that from here on out they're a sub-500 team? Like, yeah. Did you? Uh, yeah, I, I, I've watched a lot of Nationals baseball on my Now, I, I know you're about to eat this uh, Diablo burrito that you Oh, yeah, you should, know, we discuss, are, <laughs> should we discuss that bit? Well, yeah, so you've got a Diablo, burrito, Diablo shrimp burrito here from Katija Jr. next door. Uh, it is a fiery burrito. I oh. actually ate one two days ago. How much did you sweat? Uh, I oh, sweat. I'm I definitely sweat. I didn't sweat at all. No, 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 I definitely sweat. I told you earlier I thought it was a six on the Indian food scale, and that's pretty fucking hot. Oh, so, yeah. So it's, it's hot. But, yeah. but it's, it, not, it, it's not, is not is it doable. Is Vindaloo hot? You don't eat Vindaloo at an Indian I don't restaurant? Eat Vindaloo. I don't eat Vindaloo at an Indian restaurant. What do you restaurant? even get that's spicy that you're using as a comparison? Well, every single dish they can make spicier or less spicy. No, butter chicken's not spicy. No, I, I don't. I, you seem like a butter chicken kind of guy. I have ordered butter chicken tikka once masala, in my life. Tikka in, masala kind of guy. No, I mean, normally I let my wife choose two dishes and then I eat one of them or half of each mm. of them. It's generally the way it goes. She's much more restrictive on her diet than I am. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's still pretty spicy, but it wasn't like earth shatteringly numbingly. I've had much spicier food, I guess is what I'm saying. So, so I've done some act- stupid shit in my life, by the way, like on a bus <laughs> ride back from a. Uh, sports camp in eighth grade. We went to a Panda Express, and there was a bunch of people that put money into a pool for whoever would take the hot pods from the Kung Pao chicken and just eat them on the bus, put oh them in their God. mouth, and not spit it out until you got off. And there was like a pool of like fifty bucks, which in eighth grade just was like huge money. Was That's like a video twenty game. grand now. Yeah. yeah, That's what it felt like at the time. And I was one of the kids that did it. Put one of those pods in my mouth for the entire bus ride back from Irvine, the Irvine Spectrum. It's a long bus ride with one of those in your mouth. So it's not like I'm not against having spicy foods. Like, I've, I've done it before. But in any case, you're having a burrito right now because what, you are for, for surrendering. What was the wager? You are surrendering the Brian Mitchell bet. The bet was that Brian Mitchell would not start a game with the Padres this year. I was very adamant in spring training about that. You thought for sure he would get a start. And it seems like you're already surrendering. I'm surrendering. I, I for some reason, happened to look up yesterday. I was like, where's Brian Mitchell? Because you always hear in AAA, there's some terrible names in AAA. Like you hear Dylan Overton. Do you remember him? Yes. Um, there's like not He's a lot. He's our go-to punching bag on this podcast. Yes, it feels we like. love <laughs> punching Dylan Overton. Um, and I was like, what? What about Brian Mitchell? Like they spent 15 mil on him. Like they didn't cut him. Like where's he? How's he doing? And I, because I remember there was one tweet. Someone tweeted like he had one. He had one start. I think that was terrible. Obviously, because it's Brian Mitchell. <laughs> And, uh, and we never heard anything about it. So I checked, and he got put on the seven-game injured list in, like, late April, which was almost a month ago. And there have been zero updates. Padres.com has not mentioned him once since then. Um, amazingly that they haven't done that. Uh, even the good people at, uh, at Mad Friars, I don't think, have really mentioned him. And so at that point, I was like, well, God, they're, they're just burying him on the injured list. He's never going to see the light of day. And we're never going to be able to boo him again. And so I'm sitting here now. I've picked up a Shrimp Diablo burrito, and I'm ready to concede on this burrito bet. 
That's early, it seems, though, right? It's like, early. Like, what happens if, if early, he does come like, up and he ends up making like a he's early just, September? He's start. just not going to come up. Like he's okay. not on the forty man. But if he does, they put. What, what I mean, I mean, this is like this is like if Bush conceded in two thousand after the initial Florida results came out. I mean, that's kind of what's happening here, right? Look, they've yeah, other. I mean, it's very possible. <laughs> it's why well, I, I, I need a recount. I later trust on. that if Brian Mitchell does show his face. In the big leagues, starting that Marver will for the Padres for the Padres will uphold his part of this bet. Yes, and I will himself serve. eat a Diablo burrito on air for the podcast. I will. Yes, I definitely will. Okay, so, well, but he's on the forty man. No, no, no. They took him off. The, oh, he's he, off the forty uh, man. Okay. Shockingly, okay. Nobody God. claimed okay. him <laughs> when they what? passed through waivers. Man, if they had an eighty man, he wouldn't even be on it. Do you remember last year when when Marver and I were? Hey, like, there's some trash on that forty man. <laughs> I mean, like, let's not kid ourselves. We, we're, last year we were like, why don't they just cut him? Like nobody will claim him. Nobody. Why, why would anyone put him on the forty man? He's he's not that young. He's terrible, uh, and no one else has the um, like sunk cost of the fifteen mil that they that they paid for him. Yeah. Nobody was going to claim him, and we learned this year that we were right. Yeah. Yep. God, he sucks. So uh, eat so up. Bad. Eat yep. up. I want to. Okay, yeah, I want to see you sweat here profusely on the podcast. Yeah, it should be made clear that when I eat spicy foods, I, I can tolerate spicy foods fine. Excellently, but I will sweat quite a bit. All right, excellent. I'm looking forward to this. Well, it's good that you have your shirt off. That's fantastic. (laughs) Um, So, things are going good. It's too bad we don't have Ted Leitner here to give excellent play-by-play on your sweating. Well, nobody would know what was going on. Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) I got ahead of myself there. Got ahead of myself there. Um, So, what did we just disagree on that we were going to put another burrito bet on? I have seemed to have lost it in the, the talk about Brian Mitchell. I don't know, because it's so infuriating to think about the Brian Mitchell era of Padres baseball, which gladly we're past, it appears. Yes. Um, we talked about the Padres getting swept. Um, today's pitcher, which you know, Corey and I saw in no, the, person. The, the Padres sweeping. the Padres getting, sweeping. Not getting Sorry, swept. Yeah, yeah, Padres swept. The, I mean, the I, know that's, I know that's a Freudian <laughs> slip because the years and years we've just yeah. been getting swept. Well, but. You know what's funny is the, the Pirate series, which they did win one out of, one out of four, mm-hmm. that felt like a sweep, didn't it? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's the Pirates. Right. It's who are a, actually good. And who it's, are better than the team And it's play at home, and it just felt like a sweep. It just felt so – like, Sunday well, was just like, oh, God. I'm not even sure we got Josh Bell out the whole series. Oh, like, it just felt like oh. every time he came into the plate, it was like, like, hey, first base is open. Like, we, we could <laughs> just put him there. <laughs> and what's funny – Two run bomb. You going to make it? <laughs> and what's funny is that when you look at that lineup, there's a bunch of guys, like the Padres have, that are in – the 175 batting average, 180 batting average, and those guys were getting hits. <laughs> Are you okay? Sorry, I was. I got distracted <laughs> for a second. The first bite was hot. Um, it also splashed uh, lava on my on my hand. Hot talent lava yeah. over there. Um, the Pirates aren't that bad. No, the Pirates are good. Josh Bell's like playing like an MVP candidate. Yeah, and their pitching staff's pretty solid. Yeah, like up and down. I mean. Jordan Lyles like is pitching out of his mind for them. Oh my God. Wouldn't it be great to have him in the rotation right oh. now? Oh, hey, thanks, Tom Krasovic, for yeah. that great insight. How many <laughs> How many strikeouts did he have? 12? Wasn't um, it 12? He struck out. I mean, who doesn't strike out a lot against the... But 12's a lot. Yeah, and a lot. then I think yeah. they ended up with 15 that night. Or 15 that... Yeah, it was 15, I think. They had 44, I think, was what it was for that series. Yeah, I actually... 44. But isn't I that actually, what this team is, though? I, I mean, actually streamed multiple pitchers on the Pirates that series against the Padres in one of my fantasy league, and I looked at it after the series, and those guys had thrown 16 innings and struck out 24 guys. It was a wonderful strategy I employed. It's incredible. It's incredible. And what's funny is Sunday, I think they only had like seven strikeouts. 
but they ended up with 44 for that four-game series. Yeah. That's terrible. And, yeah. and of course, almost no walks. You know how they do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, today looked – I mean, the, the Diamondback series was a bit better. I mean, they won a couple close games. First two were pretty close. Today felt like a laugher. The final score didn't look like it. I mean, five no. to two. Yeah. They got out to an early lead. And then, and then they, they left the bases loaded. And it just today felt was a day like Kirby H. should not have been pitching. Yeah. And he ends up going half yeah, Three go days in there. a row. Yeah. yeah. Feel it's like not my fantasy team, so I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. But it's, you know. Yeah. Um, Eric Lauer pitched to. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Lauer pitched today. Um, I don't. I think we've written him off, right? Um, uh, I mean, I don't know if Vina, written him uh, off is the right word, but. But we've all looked at him as a borderline number five pitcher, right? That eventually will fall off and not be part of the the, the next good Padres team's rotation. Right? Yeah, I think like at this point for me, I look at him, at him and I think probably not an average major league starter. Probably not. But there's there's a little bit of like Ted Lilliness in him or something like that where you can kind of squint and see maybe a number three starter. But I think statistically at this point, yeah, I'm kind of not the not a big fan. I think he's. I'm starting to think he's not that bad. I think he's fine. This is what he does. This is what he does, though. Sucks you in and makes he you puts, believe. He puts it together like one or two decent starts. It's not you know, one or seven, two, seven one strikeouts. Or two. No, he's fine. He had one bad, one terrible start. The uh, Colorado one where he with eight earned runs. And he who got isn't terrible out. in Colorado? I mean, right. And the rest of them have been. There's, one a, there's run, a difference one between ter- there's a difference between terrible and like cannot get out of an inning and gives up eight earned runs at, like immediately. Did you listen to our last podcast where I talked about how... Because you remember how it felt in 2010, right? Where no matter what the record was... Mm-hmm. You feel like the wheels are going to fall yeah, off. Yeah, you feel like yeah. the bottom's going to get pulled out, right? Yeah. I, I feel that way with, with Eric Lauer, but but it's like one of those things where like every start, I'm like, this is going to be the one. This is going to be the one where we can just forget about Eric Lauer, mm. and it just never happens. But there's three he's, guys in the rotation that you feel about that, that you feel that well, way. Well, I did right? about Margavicious for sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean Margavicious and, and is, he, he's already dropped off. I mean, and he really there's, already. Has I mean, there's a fundamental right. difference in and, and like Lowers expectations between those two guys. Lowers, though, right? Oh, 100. percent. Like yeah, Lauer's yeah, a first. Lauer's a first round pick. He has decent stuff. Like there's there's reason to believe that he could actually be good. Margavicious is like a 29th. What seems like round pick, right? Soft tossing lefty that smoke and mirrors for and a couple the starts. The thing with Lauer is he can be that. He, he basically some starts is Margavichus, right? He throws 89, 90 fastballs, and then all of a sudden he turns into ninety four mile per hour Eric Lauer, and it's a totally different pitcher out there. Mm-hmm. And there's no way for us to predict which Eric Lauer we're getting. It's inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, I just look at the bottom line with him, like. You can break it up into starts and say he's had four out of five good starts. I still look at it just the fact that he has such a terrible start in Colorado still means something. He still went out there. Of course. And other guys, you know, if you went and took out Colorado from other guys' starts and then compared it to Lauer, you might even be more favorable to the other guys. But in any case, I still look at the bottom line. you got a guy who gives up a lot of hits, gives up a lot of home runs, doesn't necessarily limit walks, did today, doesn't strike out a lot of guys. That's not necessarily someone that I look to as having a lot of future success, but he's young. He's left-handed. He's a former first-round pick. He does throw. You can hit the mid-90s, kind of. You know, there's obviously a great pickoff move, which is, you know, of some benefit. But uh, I still, I'm, I'm not thrilled with him. Like, he's, I mean, Margavich is certainly the most replaceable in the rotation right now. I mean, they have a six-man rotation right yeah, now. so he's been replaced. Yeah. He is done. Yeah. And then I think after that, honestly, I, I am just as enamored with Cal Quantrill as I am with Lauer, and, that, and I'm not that enamored with Cal Quantrill. 
You put those two on the same level. I put them on. I think on nearly the same. Yeah, Lara's better. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, well, well, Cal hasn't had really the opportunities. What he's had three starts. Yeah. Lauer, Lauer yeah. also yeah. dominated yeah. the minor leagues. Like his his minor league stats were excellent. Yeah, but Cal Quantrill's have never been excellent. And I, we've all watched Cal Quantrill plenty through the minor leagues. It's mm. not a pretty sight. I might agree with that. And, but I think and when the you, raw when, the when raw pitches, like, like you hear you hear Don and Mud and Jesse and Ted and they're like, oh wow, he's throwing ninety four miles per hour like that. Like that means he's a good pitcher. And, and honestly, that's actually what made me think about um, Brian Mitchell. Because that's what they used to say for him. Yeah. Even in his worst start, they'd be like, yeah, but he throws – he's hitting 95 on the gun tonight, so. I mean, but there is a little bit to those raw pitch metrics, like in terms of, like, spin rate and all that kind of stuff. There is a little bit to that. And I think if you went on that alone, you'd certainly put Quantrill ahead of Lauer. I think the thing Lauer has right. going if, for him – if all you want is a guy that throws hard, then, then sure. And has movement on his – I mean, but there is a – I mean, there is a certain degree – I mean, look at Tyler Glass now this year in Tampa – he was kind of an afterthought in Pittsburgh. They gave up on him. They, they, they threw him in in the Chris Archer deal, or maybe he was one of the feature players in that deal. But not expected to do a lot this year. Kind of the same sort of story, albeit much more you know, uh, thought of as a prospect as Quantrill in the terms of not much big-term, uh, big league success, but great spin metrics. And this year he's been absolutely lights out. And so... I kind of, you know, there is a little bit to that in terms of getting up to the major league level, learning your approach, learning when you can throw certain pitches and can't, like how much you attack the strikes. Those are things they learn. And so for me, I look at Lauer as someone who's had, you know, quite a bit of time at the major league level already and to me is thoroughly unimpressing with a little bit of glimpse here and there, a little bit. So the but Quantrill I still look at as like thoroughly unproven. Yeah. And so it kind of intrigues me a little bit. So I'm, I'm not... I think they're both candidates, rotation candidates. If I had to exclude one right now, I'd honestly just flip a coin between those two. Well, but the thought has always been that Lucchese and Lauer are kind of paired, right, as mediocre pitchers that may find a spot in a future rotation. Yeah, but Lucchese is much better than Lauer. Do you think that? I do think that. Yeah, I mean, Despite I, the results. I mean, the results are in Lucchese's favor, unquestionably. Lucchese strikes more people out, but he, he certainly hasn't been as effective. Mm, I don't agree with that. Like, if you look at, like, Whip, for example, or like almost any of the predictive indicators will favor Lucchese pretty strongly. Now, how much of that is the fact that he's got this weird, you know, wind-up and the fact that he only goes five innings, so he's not even facing the third third time through. Lauer does that a little bit more. I mean, not a lot, but a little bit more than, than Lucchese. I think that plays into a little bit, but I would certainly bet, like if someone wanted to bet me on future performance, I would certainly bet on Lucchese over Lauer. Like not, it would, it's an easy bet for me to make. Let's talk about other bright spots that have contributed to some of the recent wins. Hosmer's hitting 285, right? Dude, Hosmer, man. I mean, we've wow. been pretty negative on Hosmer. Since yeah. the sauna incident. Well, not you. You've been, desperately trying, you've been desperately trying to cling to your opinion that it was a good signing, so you'll find any reason to support that opinion. I, I said it was a good signing if that's not the only signing. Hold if on, that was me... all they spent money on, it was a terrible signing. But they went out, they got Machado, they've supplemented the roster. I am, I am coming around to the Hosmer. I am too. To the Hosmer, I mean, the contract is still un, uh, unquestionably a negative value. It's bad, but in contrast to not having signed a first baseman, I prefer this. Sorry, I was just wiping my brow. Um, yeah. um, <laughs> the burrito is really great for those that are listening. It's, it's good. Um, look, you know what? Hold on, I just want to say one thing about Hosmer. I fully buy into the veteran leadership thing now with him. Oh come! Oh, I no. totally do. I really do. Like everybody loves that guy. 
Like they really do. I, th- I think he's an important did voice. Did you see Paddock walking that, with him to like, the bus today? Oh, I, oh, well, of course I did. I mean, but, I mean Paddock, Hosmer was wearing a beautiful purple suit. Yeah. And he Those looked, pictures, by the way, are like some of the highlights of the year. Every every oh, series those, yeah. where they go on a new road trip and they're walking out in their suits is fucking awesome. It's like finally some actual have a swag. Team. There's a brand. Yeah. yeah. We have some, a team that's actually brand. doing yeah. that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who, who would you take pictures of last year? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Who was there? Yeah, well, right. I mean, Hosmer. Oh, no, Hosmer was taking pictures but still, of Hosmer, like, but, with, like, but with who, though? Mm, I don't know. Was Brad Hand? Was Salarte, no, Salarte was gone. Yeah. Um, I get, yeah, Brad Hand. They loved, They did post pictures of Brad Hand because he's a beautiful human being. He is. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'll come around and say, like, Hosmer's been good. Yeah. Been yeah. Good. yeah. I mean, he's, he's been their most consistent hitter for, like, at least the past month and a half. Now, in and the, I th- still think he should be at the leadoff spot. So I was just going to say in the first first reference to the uh, Make the Padres Great Again podcast, which I listened to today, um, Craig Elston poo pooed my suggestion for Eric Hosmer in leadoff, which well, I've been pretty vocal that I think I don't, it's not that I think he's the best possible option in the world, but I think he might be the best option on this roster. Yeah, I mean the thing is, if you go back to before the season started, you poo pooed my idea of having Eric Hosmer be the leadoff hitter. <laughs> I didn't poo poo that. You you actually well. You weren't like, that's a terrible idea, but you weren't fully on board. So I'm glad to see you've come around on this subject. Stop you, stealing my I, idea that's not and claiming it as yours. No, I said you would avoid the double plays, and you're like, yeah, that's not a, I, that's not a, a bad idea, I think is kind of what, what you said. But it was more like, that's, <laughs> that's nice, Marver. That's really Wait, so, nice. So your, your plan was to uh, mitigate his terribleness of no, no, hitting just, ground balls by putting him in leadoff. This is basically my Ian Kinsler bit. Where I say that uh, Ian Kinsler is going to get out every time he comes up to bat, so that Fran Mill Reyes doesn't hit into a, a double play afterwards, and that's classic veteran leadership. That's is veteran that, leadership. Is that is that what no, you were saying? No, it's for not. Eric it's, Hosmer? it's it's pretty basic game strategy. Leadoff spot, you want someone with a high on base percentage who he takes a lot gets, of pitches, sees pitches, gets on base for the people behind him. Whatever. Uh, Hosmer has one of the higher on base percentages of the Padres, and so. It made some sense to have him there. Another factor is the fact that he does ground out a lot. And so when Machado or Framil, whoever gets on, you don't want Hosmer necessarily batting behind them because it's a little bit of a loss of value. Don't Corey you blow just, your load, though? Corey just handed uh, Jackie a, a napkin like to, to sweat his head. this burrito. Yeah. yeah. So. Are yeah you, you're struggling over it, there. You go Hosmer, and then you go Framil, and then Manny? No, so... Or I, how would you do it? So I would say a large po- – I mean, Framil has been fantastic. But oh. I, I still think a lot of that is the fact that he's hitting in front of Manny Machado. We've spoken on the podcast before when you were advocating for signing Zach Cozart in years past that <laughs> I pointed out the dude hit behind <laughs> – dude only seems to be good uh, Only seems to be good when he hits in front of Joey Votto, which is – you know, Hey, hitting in front is, of Manny must be And amazing. this, is something, yeah, I mean, this yeah. is something I said when we signed Manny. It's going to make whoever hits in front of him is going to have an awesome year. Right. I would honestly hit Framil behind Manny. I'd rather have his power – behind Manny, who's probably going to get on base more than any other Padre. My ideal lineup has, is Hosmer, Urias, Machado, Franmil, and then whatever, Meyer slash Renfro. But Luis isn't here yet, so who, who, he's not. who now? Well, yeah, well, I mean, he's working like, on, this he's working on right things now. in AAA. So. Yeah, right. His leg kick and whatever else they want him to I do. I mean, I wouldn't even be against doing a thing where you hit Machado second and then put your ke- hit... Uh, Pitcher hitting eighth, like that sort of thing. You get Machado more at bats that way. Uh, you avoid the scenario where he hits in the first inning with two outs and no one on, which is not great. It'll be more opportunities for the people behind him to bat with Machado on. Like I think, 
I think that's maybe a better approach until you have another guy at the top of the lineup who can get on base a lot, which I, Urias will. I don't even when hate, he gets called back up. But right. I don't even hate Garcia at the top of the lineup. No, I don't either. Actually, yeah, I mean, and, and great game today. Given the, the and everyone's great like, well, today. everyone's like, well, if you're not going to put Kinsler in there, who are you going to put there? And like the the answer is obvious. He's right there. He's got a. 350 plus like OBP. Yeah, and Zips had him as the third highest projected OBP for us right. this year. Yeah, like wh- why is this? It's like a common Kinsler lover. Everyone on Corey's Kinsler lover list has made this point. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I guess Kinsler's not that great, but like they don't have anyone else to put there. And like usually the response is, well, we just need to call up Urias. But there's Greg Garcia's right there, and he's proven it through the years as, as being an OBP machine. Yeah, and, and you kind of see like. Kinsler sees very few pitches per at-bat. Um, last night he saw – he had four at-bats. He had ten pitches. He saw ten. He pre- pretty much averages around two and a half pitches per mm-hmm. at-bat, which not great. Framo uh, saw ten in his first at-bat last night. Right. Gar- and Garcia, when you watch him, he sees a lot of pitches. He fights off pitches. He fouls off a lot of pitches. Yeah, he also looks at a lot of third strikes. He oh, does. my God. He does. Oh, my God. Don't get me wrong. No, but, but, I mean, but, but, but honestly, that's a fair trade-off. But there's it also is a fair trade-off. It is yeah, yeah. A total fair trade-off. Yeah. It's a fair trade-off. I just wanted to make that observation also. Yeah, I mean, th- that's part of why Kinsler doesn't strike out much. I've, I've touted his low strikeout rate in comparison to the rest of the Padres, which is not saying much. No. Well, uh, actually... You tout his K to base on balls average, which sure. is actually just representative that he neither strikes out nor walks that much. He, uh, he walks an okay he amount. He usually just grounds out weakly to the shortstop. Yeah, that's true. Or flies out or mediocre flies out. to the left field. Yeah, yeah. Fly, yeah. Yeah. He's been yeah. really going for the jack lately. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, and like in the last week or so, he's really been going well, for that. You mean in the it, last like 14 years of his well, career? Well, yeah. I mean, but it seems like, like the, I don't know, last night it seemed like he was really going for why, the home why run. Why would you yeah. ever not throw him a fastball? Like right. if you watch you can't, him, I mean, if you can, can throw over ninety-five, you are just going to blow it by him almost every, every time. Every single every time, time he yeah. does foul it off, it's always to the first base side because he's late on the pitch. Mm-hmm. He is never. Well, he was in front of one pitch yesterday, which was an off-speed pitch. That's the one where he, he jacked it deep to left, and it was yeah, foul. It, yeah, um, and it was very foul. But that was on an off-speed pitch. Yeah. Like he doesn't do that against fastballs. But last night, like with, with Granky, it's like, what do you want to do with Granky? You want to get him out of the game as fast as humanly possible. How do you do that? Get him a high pitch count. And yeah. like oh, wait, you first pitch. You don't swing at the first pitch yeah, of the game? Yeah, he's, he's going, yeah. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, there's a get bit to of that game strategy point. there. You can't just look at the first pitch every time. You're going to get groove fastballs down the middle. And a green key fastball, by the way, is not 95 plus. No, so. 89, 90. So, I mean, right. I'm, not, yeah. I'm okay with him batting against green key, but, but it, uh, yeah. I mean, it would be nice to have someone at the top of the lineup. I mean, just throughout the lineup. It doesn't even matter, top of the lineup, bottom of the lineup. Just people in the lineup that are taking pitches. They're taking some, yeah. Get to the bullpen but faster, especially the Diamondbacks, like one of the worst bullpens in baseball. But especially if you're going to put Fran Mill in the number two spot, you need yeah. someone that gets on base in front of them. Yeah, absolutely. That's just why Hosmer should be leading off, and Kinsler should be batting seventh and or eighth when he's playing, if he's playing. And I get it. Like, your best hitter is supposed to hit in the two spot, right? Like, every statistic shows that. But Two or four. I mean, it depends on their on-base to slugging percentage rate, but yeah. But when you put um, Kinsler in leadoff, no matter what handed handedness the pitcher is, you're talking about when you start the game, you have a black hole in front of him. During the game, you have the pitcher spot and then Kinsler, and really hedges in front of that. Like there's there's no there's no one on base for for Fran Mill for, yeah. for any of his home runs. Well, you've seen that he's, he's got like 15 homers, homers and like 11, 11 yeah, solo home runs. 11 solo homers. Wow. That's Ian amazing. Kinsler, Ian Kinsler has never scored on a home run. Even though he has led off in front of Fran Miller. I mean, besides his own home runs. 
Except for his own home run. Sorry, a Fran Mill home run. <laughs> well, no, no, no. He, he scored Mill. on the, the Hosmer home run. He scored on home runs, but he's never scored on a Fran On Mill. a Fran Mill one. Yeah. Right. Okay, fair. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a problem. But I, yeah, it is. But, um, you know, hey, we'll Corey, see. Is Marver on the um, Kinsler lover list? He kind of, like, fluctuates. He fluctuates. See, I'm not on the Kinsler lover list. I don't love Kinsler, but he's definitely. What about when he said that he was fine? Yeah, you did say he was fine. I see that he as fine. But he's not fine. That's but, loving. I mean, yeah, fine is loving. I, I say fine. When I say fine, I mean he deserves a roster spot. I think he's an above replacement level player. He should not be playing over Urias. That is a clear mistake. But it's not the same as when they played Jose Perillo last year. I it's not the same as when they played some other shit houses in the past. Okay, I think but actually, exactly the same. It's not. I don't think. Like I think he's better than. He's a negative value fielder. He's. But if you bring up Luis, him. if you bring up Luis, right? Yeah. And you have Greg Garcia. Uh huh. Why do you need Kinsler? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get me to say it was he a great signing. No, 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 I'm, I'm not asking you to say it was a great signing. Just, yeah, I'm saying, yeah, he it, doesn't play other positions. Right. Mm-hmm. At least Greg. He's never played third base. If you watch him, like, he doesn't have the arm for third base. Yeah. Like, what is he there for? Do yeah. people need backup second baseman, or do you need a utility man? If Tatis That's is healthy, like, why would we even need a backup third base anyways? Like, when Tatis is back, it's Machado's going to be a third base every inning for the whole year, hopefully. Right, but you want a player that can play multiple positions, right? I mean, yeah. Alexi Amarista stuck around here forever because he could play center field terribly. And no, 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 please don't use the word play. <laughs> he could be, he could he be placed there. in those areas. He stood there. He could be there. <laughs> In theory, in theory you, uniform, could, you could designate him as a center fielder. He could run squiggly lines. Yeah, he's a designated a center ball. fielder, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you can't do that with Kinsler. You can't put Kinsler in center field and play, have him play it terribly. You can't put him at shortstop. Yeah. You can't put him at, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, Uri, at least with Urias, he can play shortstop. You know that. He can play he second, can play second base. I, I agree with you, but I don't think it's a problem to have multiple people on the... They have multiple options for bench positions who are above replacement players, and I think Garcia is above replacement. I think Kinsler's above replacement. Oh. Hey, like but I think all of these guys are above replacement level play. It's not a bad thing to have multiple options. Isn't that too many infielders though? Because sure. you also have Will who can play first. Sure, but they're gonna compare and that to last month. year or the year, two years ago when we didn't have enough of them. You know, like oh no, I know, I know. I'm saying I whichever I, I would choose Garcia out of those two, no question. Yeah, and this is why when we signed Kinsler, I was like, this is st- stupid. You can go back and read my tweets, but like. At the same time, he's not. It's not like he's. I mean, he is taking away playing time from Urias, but it's not like right. it's. It's completely wasted on a complete garbage player. He's probably not good. He's probably one win above replacement, but that's still he's better not, than terrible decisions we made in the past. That's totally What's he at right now. Not right he's now. He's at negative negative zero point six. Yeah, right? but every yeah. time I say this, I mean it's a go forward basis. Last podcast, you gave me shit like this, and he's got an eight hundred OPS since then. You're shaking your head in disgust, but those them's, them's the facts. And yet, despite See, that 800 OPS, he's still, <laughs> not neg- he's still yeah, at fluctuating. negative 0.6 war. Fluctuating. Yeah, no, I mean, no question he's been bad this year. It's just a question of, in the next game that he plays, is he going to be sub-replacement level? And I would, I would bet, no, he, he won't. He, he is likely a slightly above-replacement-level player. I mean, it's the, same, it's the same way as people wanted Hosmer. There were some people that were... Uh, some people with a number of followers on Twitter who were saying at the beginning of this year... Who they would throw throwing under the they bus? Would, yeah. I can't even remember it who it was. Is no, it probably not you. They would trade Mackenzie Gore away oh, in a oh. deal to have Hosmer's contract taken yes. off the books. Yeah. And now he's hitting 285, yeah. and it was one of our best offensive yeah. players. Granted, that still puts him only in the middle of the pack for first baseman, but I it, just tells you what can hap- it could just tell you what can happen in 100 plate appearances. If it was Will, then it was probably me. My, my thing was I wanted Joseph Sy just to buy out his contract and... and <laughs> <laughs> and, let, and let him go and do whatever he wanted to do. That would probably get me to a Seals game. Yeah. 
Yeah, but, but but I would not give up Gore just to get rid of no, that. No, of yeah. course not. Yeah. I mean, well, for the yeah. record, let's have Marver installed as the chairman of board of the uh, the Kinsler Lovers. Well, he's not. He's yeah. not even that's close very to chairman here. of the board. Whether we know how many are up there <laughs> with the that are on that board. Lance Vogel, this I guess should be the yes. Got rocks. The got rocks guy. Well, oh my god. Oh. oh, I've had him muted for years. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Years I have years. someone. Very big fan of you. I, I have someone who sends me his oh, tweets. I know. And every, DMs it used all to the be time. like every time I tweeted, respond with something, and like the only time he would respond something positive is if I talked about Israel for some reason. That was the only time I could get him to say something <laughs> positive in response to what I said. <laughs> Otherwise, he's just been muted. So, speaking of the record, uh, Andy Green did an interview this <clears> week, <throat> and I had the. Not pleasure, but I turned on 97.3 on Monday to be greeted with uh, Rich Herrera as the morning host. And uh, he played. It's weird they put Giants fans as morning hosts. It's weird, right? Yeah. Um, that seems like a really great strategy. <laughs> you know, I thought Rich Herrera disappeared. Like, I thought after we crushed him after that first year that we <laughs> wouldn't think about him. Have you seen Rich Herrera? It's probably pretty hard for him to disappear. Oh, ouch. That's, wow. That's low. All Even. I know is I tuned into the fan this morning, and it was, and I heard Rich Herrera, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And then it was Sweeney. It's like two of my favorite people, and, mm. and honestly, Sweeney's not bad on the radio at at a radio interview at all. However, oh my god, oh yeah, I don't mind Sweeney as much as everyone else. I just keep my mouth shut on that one. I mean, oh, oh yeah, did I, mean, I, did I, he speaks, did I bring he up speaks, something bad? He speaks in platitudes, obviously, like, but it's not that terrible. I, I really feel like you're being exposed right now. Yeah, but it's not Bob Brenly. Well, hey, like, compare, com, com, compared to oh, other hosts oh that other teams God. have, you know what I mean? Like, oh, wow. guys, in the grand scheme of things, are you that confident that they would replace Sweeney with someone who's better than him? I no, am no. not. Oh, here's Look, the thing. Nobody I, I want Sweeney supports ISIS. Like, it's different. <laughs> right, exactly. And, and we know Bob Brenly supports ISIS. I mean, <laughs> like we've the, seen the pictures. The evidence is very clear. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, but uh, pregame, postgame, fine. Don't put him in the booth. We have, we have the best booth in baseball. It, we, we really do, honestly. We, we really do. honestly have the best booth in all of Major League Baseball. Yeah. Don't fuck with it. Just to give you an idea of how revered Don Orsillo is on the East Coast, by the way, my, oh. bo- my old boss uh, at my work uh, won an award at work, and as part of that award, he got to travel to San Diego as like a vacation from work. They gifted him this. So he was stoked. So obviously he asked me what he should do, and I gave him a laundry list of things to do. One of them, he went to Petco, and when he was there, I texted or I hit up the team and asked them to – you know, just give them a tour of Pecco if they could. And so they you actually... when he tried to call in a favor in an unethical fashion from Wayne Cartello, <laughs> even though that we pride ourselves on being I, independent and... I was honestly just hoping for, like, a ballpark tour. I didn't, I didn't have any hopes other than that. But what he did is he took him into the booth and got him to shake Don Rosilla's hand. And my, my boss, or my old boss at the time, texted me... Uh, it's like, dude, that's like one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me at the ballpark. He's an Orioles fan, by the way. He's like, Donald still is like a god on the East Coast. Oh, you know, I love like, him. Like that was awesome. Like, thank you so much. So I got work points for that. So that's nice. So yeah, but that's just to tell you how revered he is, and obviously we all love Mud, like, right? Yeah. Like the, and those two guys together, it really is fantastic. Every time Don tweets, it's his mentions are just full of Boston fans saying, "Please come home." Like more, yeah. we miss more, you more so. Padres. It's more Boston fans than it is Padre fans. Yeah, they. Which is, so which is much. hard to do, man. Padres Twitter, we, we, we dominate at this point in time. Oh, uh, yeah. Anytime a, a final score gets posted by another team, oh. it's just like a... <laughs> Today. You know, this is an interesting oh, clusterfuck of people oh, responding oh to it. Yeah. yeah. So we talked about Ian Kinsler, and, and we talked about it last week, right, Corey? Um, do you think that the Ian Kinsler story would have blown up in, let's say, 10 years ago without the existence of Padres Twitter being an active and influential organization? 
like, here in San any, Diego would, would a, or in would, another city? Would a anyone have known or been able to report that um, Ian Kinsler had said "f off" to the to the crowd? B would it have become blown up into an issue that gets picked up by old media um, without us? I mean, because we're the Padres, probably not. Because you not. saw Jay Posner trying to bury the story. Yeah, probably not. I mean, we've seen... I mean, the thing is, we, we have gotten a lot in the news over the years, even when we were bad. But it's been mostly just... But how much of that is actually driven... A lot of that has been driven by Padres Almost Twitter. exclusively, I think. Yeah. I mean... Everything related to Mike D has been driven by Padres Twitter. Yeah. All of Wayne Partello's screw-ups have been driven by Padres Twitter. Yeah. It's true. I mean, would Ian Kinsler even be a story 10 years ago? I mean, like I said, I think if it was on another team, yes. But for the Padres, no. Yeah. I mean, I still don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, it's. I would certainly wish a player wouldn't do that. And and the the thing is, he didn't own it. Like, I wish he had just owned it. I would have a lot more respect it's, it's, for him. If he was like, yeah, that was for the haters. If, if instead of saying that's for the fan base, like, if he just said that's for the haters, like, then, like, I'm yeah, like, that would have been. I'd be like, hey, that's I'd been me. Like, Chill. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I do that all the fucking time. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, instead he did the, like, what? Yeah. What? Oh, the even fan. The next, wait, the fans thought that was for me? Day, even the next day, yeah. when the story had blown up, Andy Green's quotes were out there, he was still like, yeah, it's just pumping on my teammates. Like, yeah. yeah. What are you guys talking about? Yeah, but speaking of the record, by the way, Andy <laughs> Green's quote about it? Yeah, so I was listening to Herrera, and he punted on actually providing content. He just, pl- just played a long Andy Green interview. Um, and in that interview, I was shocked to hear that uh, Andy Green say uh, someone asked him about the record and how it felt to have a losing record for the first time that season. And he said, quote, uh, that's something you guys care about. Is that weird for a manager to not care about the win and loss record? Like, isn't that actually their primary job to obtain a positive win loss record, uh, maximize their win loss record? All right. One, two, three. Yes. Yes, yes, it is. Yes. yes. Uh, uh, that's not something just Bernie Wilson cares about. <laughs> no, it's not something Bernie Wilson cares about. I've, you know, like the whole reason they're there is to win games, um, and it's just funny to me because earlier in the season, he, I mean, he talks out of both sides of his mouth, and I'm surprised this didn't get more reaction out of Padres Twitter earlier in the year when they weren't playing Urias and they were playing Kinsler when they had both on the major league roster. His, he was hiding behind this facade that he was just trying to win games and. Presumably, giving the you know opinion that he thought Kinsler helped them win games more than Urias. Now it's not about winning. Now it's about I I, I don't even know what he would say it was about player what development. But I mean that's not even something that he specialized in. For the team though, because we it had been stated that we were past the development year stage. Yeah, I mean I think what it means for the team is they're probably going to have a new manager at some point in time. Oh, then Christ! Like I, I th- like the more things happen, the more. I'm coming around to that opinion being almost certain. So you're not on the green lover list also? Oh, no. No, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on the... Only the Kinsler lover list? I'm on the green is better than Bud Black list, but that's an extremely low bar. Uh, I still think oh, wow. he's bad that's... at making in-game strat- strategic decisions. Like He's bad at most strategic things. He's not, to me, not that likable. Hmm. He doesn't seem to develop players particularly well. Not that, not that managers are, you know... Uh, deserve a lot of credit for that, but certainly some. You can't really develop players if you're playing Jose Perel every day. So, like, I mean, there's reason for me to not want to be manager. Uh, these sort of quotes drive me nuts. Like, these are the things I, I really hate to hear. It, it, like, early in the year when he was like, oh, we're just trying to win games. Okay, I get it. I, mean, I think even on the podcast, I was like, 
if he honestly believes Kinsler's better than Urias, his job is to win games to win right games. now. Right. Then so be it. Play it. He's, he might be wrong in that opinion, but at least that's the nexus for how he's making his decisions. Um, but, yeah, so it's frustrating. Interesting to hear you say that Bud Black is worse, that Andy Green is, is at least better than Bud Black, which he is. is like saying that AIDS is better than prostate cancer. <laughs> As is if it, that's is a, it? As if that's a I haven't researched those. I haven't, I haven't researched either. the order yeah. of those. I'm not sure which one I'd rather have, yeah. but uh, well, probably prostate cancer. Yeah, but I don't know. But yeah, it's no, not. I'd it's not a good. Ra- I'd probably rather. I'd probably take AIDS personally. But <laughs> full blown. Magic Johnson seems fine. <laughs> totally fine. Heard he likes skinny popcorn. He's living. He's living. Loves he's the living popcorn. the best life right now. <laughs> um. So that's appalling, right? That yeah. Andy Green doesn't care. Yeah. And and I, I would say more troubling. It's it's a statement because I don't think that's purely Andy Green talking. Like I think that he does meet with front office staff and they set the direction for the team. You know, throughout the season as well as before the season. And to me, it's troubling when it has been very clearly stated by management, ownership, Andy, at least at the start of the season, that this year was different. Mm-hmm. Right? This wasn't 2018 anymore. This wasn't 2017 anymore. And we talked about it. Yeah, both no sides lo- of their mouth. That's what I'm no, saying. We're no yeah. longer in the laboratory, mm-hmm. right? That was our thing. The, we don't have a reason to, to test out Jose Perella anymore to see what he's made of. I mean, that's, that, that was a large reason when I gave you my justification for why I didn't think Mitchell would, you know, like a team that signs Manny Machado and is in potentially a win-now mode or late in the year will be close to 500. They don't play Brian Mitchells. You know, like that was my nexus for it. So, yeah. Yeah, but we're also playing Dickerson too, though. You know, yeah. So it's like, I mean, I, I feel like this year we're on a. I, we're not last year, and we're definitely not next year. But this year is like it's still kind of straddling that. Where mm-hmm. yeah, we got to win games. However, we still got some guys that we need to see what they are. Right. And I, I this mean, is the year to find and, out and, what the they are. But the thing is, you you have and time at the okay end of the year that. to figure. So oh, I know I am too. So am I. But you also have time at the end. It's like you're you're gonna know by the end of July with two full months of baseball left to be played. Whether you're reasonably close to the playoffs or not, and until you're not with this roster and Tatis coming back, and I, you know, I posted today on Twitter the number of guys they have coming up in the immediate future with you know Urias, Munoz, even you know Naylor, uh, you know, I guess Logan Allen's Logan in that Allen. group, plus Franchi, Jankowski, Lamette, um, all those yeah. guys do back from injury, and even Gore as a peripheral piece at the end of this year. I mean, it's not inconceivable. I don't think you should be surrendering in late May because you drop under 500 and are covering your ass in an interview. Like, that's it's just a really bad look for me. So, at the same time, I, I took one for the team, and I listened to the Kevin AC uh, podcast this week. And he, in that podcast, he pretty blatantly stated that, A, he didn't believe they were going to sign any free agents this year. Um, B, the team had kind of shifted where they felt this team was. And that, as a result, C... They were just going to run with the pitchers we have and see what we have, which is kind of not what we were sold on how this season was going to go. Right? But he also thought we weren't going to sign a major free agent in the off season, right? Um, I mean, is AC, that well? Is he yeah. ever right? I mean, right. So I mean, so as far as no, so, yeah. so there is that caveat, right? Yeah, he is notorious. I still think terrible. that they're going to go out and they're going to grab some pitcher out there that they could get for very little. Bartolo, I, <laughs> Bartolo. I have no idea. No, please not. <laughs> like, if they sign anyone big this season as, like, a sort of push piece, I really hope it's Kimbrell. And that's the only one that I really... But does it even matter for a team that's not going to win, not going to the playoffs, probably? I mean, I mean you, you don't... I mean, you, 
We don't know that. I still, but, I mean, uh, but can we agree that, that this team is probably what you and I predicted it would be? Yeah, an average 500-level team, Yep, which is a huge improvement That's from great. last year. But with upside still. I mean, if they get Tatis back healthy and they have positive luck with their health. Have you looked at the August schedule? No, Pop open your phone. Pop open your phone while we talk and take a look at the August schedule because we talked about how difficult this last 20-game stretch was um, this month. Take a gander at, at how difficult, given where these teams are at now, August is going to be. Because you factor in things like the fatigue on the bullpen, the fatigue on this rotation, the innings limits, potential injuries by then. And you take a look at that August schedule, and it doesn't look great for this for this uh, squadron. Yeah, I mean, that's part of what I'm saying, in that by July you'll know exactly what you're saying. If they're not in a commanding position, then obviously they're not postseason bound without like really beating good competition in August. Yeah, so I'm looking at it right now. It's Dodgers, Mariners, Rockies, Rays, Phillies, Reds, Red Sox, which will be my first game back after the baby, Giants. I mean, it's that's a, not that That's terrible. a good stretch. It's a tough stretch for sure. Are you playing sure. down the Rays? I'm, you know, maybe a little bit, but like... I don't know. I feel like we just went through as tough a stretch as that. I mean, the Dodgers, obviously, I mean, that's, the, that's the hallmark on there. The Red Sox are, you know. Excellent. Most yeah. Dodger games are close The Red games. Sox are excellent. Yeah, defending world champs in the Rays. But, like, it's not like facing, you know, you, know, you, you throw out the Mets, and the Mets might be bad, I agree, but we still face DeGrom is, is and Syndergaard, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's a good, that's, that's a tough stretch. The thing is, you have to beat good teams to be good. And sure. So... And that's the thing that I hate when I hear, uh, well, at least, I, at least the Padres played the Dodgers tough. It yeah. kills me when I hear that because if you're talking about a team that you want to be championship level, you need to beat teams that are tough. Yeah, like, but, playing but, them tough doesn't, doesn't mean anything. I agree with that, but I think if you look at a bunch of close games, you know, by and large, a lot of those are just going to randomly result one way or the other, right? Like. Like, I don't think it's, bank, it's a bankable thing that Kirby Yates is just going to suck against the Dodgers. Close, close doesn't mean anything. No, but... It, close I mean, only counts in oral sex. <laughs> like, it doesn't uh, mean anything. I mean, it, it counts in other things. Horseshoes, hand grenades, right? Isn't Exactly, thing? yes. But, uh... Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess the point I was trying to make there is that, you know, just, what was it, two years ago? I was living in Delaware. The Potters got shut out three games in a row to start the year. So, against yeah. the Dodgers. So, I mean, in comparison to that shit show... Playing close games into the ninth inning every game of a series with the Dodgers, to me, you know, that's a sign certainly of improvement. I'm not celebrating that, but I'm still looking at it as like, okay, like they're not that big and bad to when me that, anymore. When the Chargers they're lost, better than us, certainly. They could have swept that when, home yeah, series. When the Chargers right? used to just lose every Yo, shut up about the Chargers already. <laughs> yeah, when what? Norv, when Norv, what the hell? What are we doing? When, when Norv was the coach and they lost all these close games, like on the last possession, were you... I can just imagine you were like, hey, guys, settle down. At least they're playing these close games. No, of course no. not. No, of course not. Because it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, it matters certainly less in football than baseball. There's only 16 games. They could have swept that, that home series. You, right? You agree with that? Could have, yeah. Could have. didn't. Yeah. The thing right. is, they didn't. I no, I know. I think there's a difference between celebrating and looking at the bright side. Right, exactly. Yeah, nobody was celebrating the on the bright, I heard a lot on the bright of side. They played. I heard a lot of people celebrate. Oh, yeah. I mean, I that, wasn't celebrating. I was just and, relieved and that Hunter hit the grand slam. San Diego slam. sports fan is oh, celebrating yeah. being close against the, the big bad big city yeah. up north, and it, it it kills me to hear that. Yeah, like I thought we were past that as fans, as a city, as a team, like. 
to, to be like, oh, wow, we played the big city New York Mets, and, uh, and we were close on some of these, like, we were better than close. We, we killed them because they totally suck. But yeah. um, to, hear, to hear, like, the, the consolation prize when we lose, I, I guess I don't, I don't tolerate that, and I don't, I, don't think that's, I don't think that's where we should be as a fan base. So you're saying if we don't tolerate losing like that, that you very strongly disagree with Andy Green's statement about not caring about the record. Highly disagree. Highly disagree. Yeah, I'm still I'm still surprised it hasn't gotten more run on Padres Twitter. I mean, a lot I mean, of people, some people talked about people it, but it was kind of like, it, a, like it was like a subject for like an hour. We're so used to it. We've Sometimes these Andy's, subjects last for like a week. We've you know? heard Andy yeah. say this for three years, and we want to believe that he's he's a different manager somehow. But th- this is Andy Green. Yeah. I, I think he cares about winning. I think it was just a flippant uh, remark. Any everyone like I, cares about winning. I don't think he likes like whenever you see him being interviewed, he just looks like he's in pain. He just wants it to be over, you know? This is the other false thing I always hear. It's like, "Hey, I don't think you understand. These guys want to win." As if like the 2018 Padres didn't want to win yeah, somehow. Or like Andy Green didn't want to win last year. Of course yeah. he wants to win. Yeah. Everyone wants to win. Well, he did keep running Perel out there, so maybe that's a. I don't but know. That, I mean, part of that is maybe he's just bad at assessing who's good and not. Like I, I, I don't know. I think sometimes we lo- we try to look at the, uh, like how can I spin this so that it makes sense, as opposed to like, you know, oh, right. Occam's razor, which is like, what's the simplest explanation for this? <laughs> which is just that Andy Green's maybe doesn't. He, have he, a good eye for talent. Opening day last year, he literally started Perel in left field, and Hunter Renfro was on the bench. Yeah. And Jose Perel was he didn't clean up. Well, I mean, he did. Start I mean, that well, roster was trash. Ian Kinsler is however, this year, but yeah. come on. No, I mean, and this is what I'm saying. The simplest explanation for this is that he's just not good at assessing talent. Okay, I, I right? fully subscribe yeah. to this. I'm yeah. good with this. We can all agree on this. Yeah. Okay. So hey, Rob quick, Rojas. Okay. Quick update. How uh, how soggy is this? Napkin? How many napkins have how you soggy gone through? Is by the way, that I'm using to wipe my that, uh, that's my not skin. a baby wipe. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I'm. I'm 75% through this burrito. You're sweating through your shirt. Which, by the way, yeah. for, for those of you listening, that's, this is his third burrito of the day. Third ha- burrito of burrito the day. Burrito triathlon. This, yeah, is yeah. Not, this, this is not bullshit. Here's the thing. Wife went out of town. Kid went out of town. I'm on my own. No, that's, bro- three that burritos. Means, that's when you take the off-ramp to burrito town. Am I right, guys? Oh, yeah. you're the fucking mayor. <laughs> <laughs> um, the sher- no, I think sheriff is the proper term oh, these I'm days. Sorry, the I'm sheriff sorry. of yes. burrito town. Yes. Um, Let's get to our next topic, which is, of course, the topic that everyone is tuning in for, Marvin. Mm, yeah. Uh-oh. You stated a couple weeks ago, actually, yeah, a couple weeks ago, which is weird. May 10th. Um, that you found Uncle Teddy, Ted Leitner, our beloved Ted Leitner, does not describe the game action very well. Yeah. I believe you stated that very publicly. Yeah, I said, uh, Ted is truly awful at describing what is happening on the field. That was my tweet. And out of the blue, two weeks later... Uncle Teddy responded. He never responds to any tweets. Yeah. He usually just writes some glib tweets about how great everything is, whatever, whoever's employing him at the time, how great the team is. Mm-hmm. Um, he asked you to provide evidence of, of this. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, that's, that's a kind way of saying what he said. Yeah, and yeah. then radio program director David Marver uh, <laughs> offered to cut audio for him and provide him a... Uh, What's that called in the industry, Corey? When you uh, when you listen to yeah, this is a term like, I had never heard before. Listen to footage and air kind of check. review it. Air check. Yeah. Oh yes, an air check. I know this yes. because I got three hundred and seventy four thousand <laughs> tweets with that word in it this week. So so you were graciously offering your 
well-educated well, and skilled services he, to air check Uncle Teddy. Right? Here's, the, here's the thing. I don't think it takes a skilled ear to understand when you don't understand something. Like, all of us know English. We all listen to games. Cavs for Days, Leisure Fry, whoever was listening to this podcast could listen to a game called by Ted Leitner and point out multiple moments where they, as they are listening to the game and trying to put it in their head, would be like, I don't know what's happening in the game right now. You don't have to be on the radio for 30 years to listen to the English language and try to figure things out. And, uh, you know, how this tweet came to be, which, yeah, it took him 11 days to respond. By the way, he responded from Olympia, Washington, I believe with his grandkids or something. So I'm not sure how, how exactly this tweet got how posted to him. How did he got to him? Because I don't know. I really don't Ted know. Ted has a Twitter, right? But you yeah. did not at him. Pur- purposely and did not at him. I don't follow him. He does not follow me. And you didn't include Leitner. Right. So it's not like he did a vanity search for himself. No. And he would never anyway. Right. And, like, and look, and it's not like I, this is like only my opinion. 58 people liked it like like on that day. So it's not like – it wasn't like three people. It wasn't 10. There was you know a lot of people that feel this way. And the whole reason this thing came to be is that – so I have like kind of like a – in agreement with my wife. So if we're in the car and driving, I can listen to the Potters game if it's on. And so we're listening to the game. And, you know, as a result of that, she listens to the game. And she gets a little bit more into baseball. And I like that. I mean, she wants to go to games more or watch the games on TV. But there would be times where Ted's describing what's happening on the field. And my wife will turn to me unprompted and just be like, I have no idea what he's saying. Like, what, what just happened? And then I have to kind of go into the spiel of like, yeah, you know, it's Ted. Like, he's been doing all of our games for years. And he's kind of like your uncle. You like him. Whatever, but yeah, he's gotten like you know markedly worse at describing games. Now I've never thought he was personally great at baseball play by play. I actually like him on the Aztecs broadcasts. Never really necessarily cared for his play by play on the Padres. His shtick is fine. I had you know it's not necessarily my favorite shtick in the world, but I'm still okay with it. Like there's you want some endearing qualities out of your announcers. You don't want plain vanilla. Um, What what does he say in SDSU that makes you like him? Because Basketball is a hard sport to follow. Like, yeah, so I like think, does, does he I provide think, commentary that SDSU doesn't deserve the Mission Valley site? That, <laughs> he doesn't. That oh, wow. He doesn't. He doesn't provide that. But uh, I would say that yeah, basketball is a remarkably tough sport to paint the whole picture on. Like you obviously can't describe like you know like a switch that's happening off ball on the weak side of the court as someone's dribbling. Like there's a limited amount of things you can tell, and so like the picture that you have to paint is is not that broad in baseball. There's like every play, it's like, yeah, I guess you could describe that the left fielder's backing someone up, but no one cares about that. Right. It's like, just yeah. describe as quickly as possible before I hear the fans cheering about the result of the play, what happened. And so, you know, after my wife had you know mentioned this, I would say maybe three times already this year in the car, and the limited times we've listened to the games, I was driving home from the gym on whatever, whatever uh, May 10th when I tweeted that, and I literally could not understand what was happening in the game. So I had to take out my phone and off Wi-Fi... Start streaming the game on Fox Sports Go so I could see what was happening. Give me an example of what the commentary was um, at the time. I've actually started to go back and try to listen to it, but then I was for told... The air, for the air check? Yeah, but then I was told, you know, maybe it's not the best thing for Ted right now, so I'm not going to do it. But in any case, I think the the play in that... The, the question is, I don't remember if this is the one that my wife was... One of the ones that my wife was complaining about or if this is the one that did it for me. But there was like a play on the left field line. I think Renfro went to make the play down the line. And it was like eight seconds before I understood if he caught the ball or not and if it resulted in run scoring. And I think at the time it was, it was a close game, but I, I think we lost by like 10 or something that game. But in any case, I still couldn't figure out what the fuck had happened on the play. And for me, it's like when I'm listening on the radio and I'm driving, it's like I don't want to have to pay too close of attention to the game. I want to just have it kind of narrated into my brain and like absorbed. And so, yeah, like I have – and, you know, the thing that gets me too is like no one has like – responded with that he's not not good at 
play-by-play anymore. It's, it's more like, like it's more it, like, hey, he's our uncle, and yeah, it's like, and the thing is, like, cut him, cut him some slack. The thing with the audio too, it's like if he asked for it, and it's like, in, in my line of business, if someone's complaining about like a model I've made at work or whatever, like I'm also defensive. I'm like, dude, show me examples where it fuck, where it sucks. But if they give me examples back, I will go back to my model and I'll improve it, or I'll see if I can explain like, yeah, it's gonna miss on these sort of things, you know. Did it, but some people did are, it hurt your feelings that Ted, um, in his response back to you, said that you were both, um, what did he say, that you're... Obviously biased and hate him and or something. dislike, uh, with your bias and dislike. Yeah, does, as, if he's, if it, as if that, he's not biased against, as, as if he's not biased towards his own quality of play-by-play. But in the right? mystery of how Uncle Teddy heard or saw your tweet, doesn't that say someone prefaced it as a yeah this guy no he knows who I am we've, like we've had we've had a spat before so back in 2013 no 2014 when the there I mean there's been multiple occasions we've was, had he, a was, spat he a, was he a Garfield there's lover? been mar- multiple occasions I mean he's a lover of everyone who's currently who on the podcast the paycheck yeah but I mean actually I don't think he's a Garfield lover I'm pretty sure Garfield like cut his pay one year oh, and I there think was I a, heard this actually and there was like a falling out the thing is I'm actually pretty good friends with Andy Strasberg who I believe went to like elementary school with Ted Leitner. In New York, I'm pretty oh, sure that's true, or high school, or one of those things. And so it's like a friend of a friend sort of deal. But back in 2014, before the year started, Teddy was on the radio saying how great the Padres were going to be, and that year we all knew we were going to suck. And you know, saying things like, "Oh yeah, I think this is," I mean, more or less hyping them up as to be a good team. And I tweeted this was in an interview with Scott Kaplan, so I just tweeted Scott Kaplan as I was stuck in traffic on the five, and I was like, "If Ted honestly believes that, have him bet me." And Scott actually read that on the air to Ted Leiner, which, re- which resulted in Teddy for like two minutes backtracking on his words. And that was like just one example of, you know, sometimes I, that's the thing that gets me, I think, with him more than anything else is just a way overboard optimism on everything. But, you know, it's most home I announcers think, are kind of that way. So you, kind, you can overlook it. Pro team, generally. Pro yes. employer. Yeah. I, I did hear when, when Padres Radio first started, like when it was on 94.9, Ted was pissed, I guess, off air. Because mm. a lot of the money they make, I mean, they get paid a salary, mm-hmm. but they also get paid to do spots, right, on the air. Like his Marvin K. Brown Cadillac or whatever, Buick, mm-hmm. whatever he or was doing. insert steakhouse here. Sure. Yeah. DZ Akins. That stuff pays. Yeah. And I guess the sales staff at, uh, at Intercom at 94.9 put in no effort did nothing to sell those and he yeah. had no he really didn't do any endorsements that first year yeah so he was pissed at, at the whole Padres radio disaster yeah. by our aforementioned Rich Herrera um, but like but, but still I, I just like love that uh, you know in this instance it's like it's they're basically insinuating or people are insinuating that a person listening to a game at home couldn't possibly find examples where Ted Leitner said something that couldn't be understood. It's, it's not like I'm saying, well, hey, Ted, one- your diction on this word was slightly off. You should pronounce it like right, yeah. color. Because that's it's, bullshit. I mean, that's yeah. obviously bullshit. And no yeah. one would ever – you'd have to be crazy to do that anyways. But The, the one for me is the um, Tatis injury, Oh, my God. Right. Mm-hmm. I was sitting in the hot tub listening to the game. Uh, you know, at, what a, what a I had actually just pulled up to Jagoff Manor. I had actually just pulled up to a baby shower up in Los Angeles when that happened. Like I parked the car. My wife was like, "Come on, we got to go." I was like, "No," like because it had but, literally just happened as I parked. Now, now when I was happened, driving to the soccer's game, by the way, so we were all in the car, listening, all listening right? to this. Yes, and he described it as Ian Kinsler goes down with an injury. He's down, 
Here come the medics. They're coming to check on Ian, Ian Kinsler. Everyone's and, celebrating. And you said it imagine, twice. You yeah, and I was like, me and Corey fist pumping in the yeah. car, and like, God, the the whole nightmare is Corey finally over. Yeah. You know? yeah. like, <laughs> I'm just all I get zip. <laughs> um, and then I, I timed it. It was 25 seconds into it, and then Ted. Uh, you know, the medics are on the field. They're taking care of Ian Kinsler. I think he said Kinsler three times. And then finally he's like, oh, it's actually, it's, it's Fernando Tatis. It's actually it's our like, most important asset of all of oh our assets. God. I you almost know, drove off the road. You can there. imagine because that's going from the best possible outcome to the worst possible outcome. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're not even at, 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 at the zero level, right? That just, no. Uh, yeah. Like... It's not it, even like it was like Renfro, you know, like something right, like yeah. yeah. Of all like, the oh, guys, damn. of yeah. all the guys, it couldn't be worse. Yeah, and, it could and not there's be worse. No Agler to, to correct him. There's yeah. no one correcting it. Right. This is a major detail, arguably the turning point of the entire season happening, and it's being described to the listener the wrong way. Yeah, and like, but the, and the thing is, maybe there are excuses for some of these. Like when he's describing it the wrong way, probably not. But like for the one where there's like four seconds of dead time, and like he doesn't explain what happened. Like, maybe he was, like, legitimately distracted. Like, you know, yeah, like, maybe right. Mike D texted him a topless picture of his new secretary or something. You never allegedly, know. Allegedly. allegedly. You never know what it could be. So, like, I, I, I realize was, our good so, pals Ben and Woods are now working for Mike D. Yeah. So. so, I was honestly trying to be nice and be like, look, if you're not just wasting my time by saying, go find me examples, I'll actually give you examples. Now, I'm not going to give you pointers now on let's how to take talk a step in the back. air. Like, obviously um, not. Yeah. Jerry is beloved by all of us, right? Was beloved. At the end of his career, obviously, things weren't being described as very accurately on the field, right? And we all looked past it. You know, we, we called them Jerryisms, and we said it's fine. It's just Jerry being Jerry. Yeah, but I don't. I think Jerryisms were more the tautological things, like the Yogi Berraisms. No, no, it was. It would be like pop fly, pop fly to the infield, and Margot catches it on the warning track. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I mean, it like was it was terribly describing. Yeah. What's going on on the field? But we all looked past it because mm-hmm. Jerry's a beloved figure. Isn't Ted a beloved figure? Oh, that of course, can, and and that's the thing. Like I'm not advocating for them to get a new one. I don't want. Oh him my fired. god! You're calling that's, for him to be fired right now. Why would you? Definitely do that? not calling for him to be fired or anything. It's just making a comment. I specifically did not tag him in it. I did none of the sorts. It was after months of you know having this observation. That 58 other people instantly liked and said, like, and there were, like, 40 responses, too, like, yeah, it's sad, you know, like, or whatever. That doesn't mean that he shouldn't be the announcer until he decides not to be the announcer. I, I do believe that. I think there is value in continuity and, like, not just, not just. But they could do what they did with Jerry. And what they did with Jerry, which, ironically, is that they moved Jerry into that. They move Jerry into that. I will take a half beer of this one. Yeah, same one. Thank you. We're getting more delicious Stumblefoot, which I need yes. to quench my thirst because I'm sweating very profusely. <laughs> over here. Like they crying. move Jerry out of the you, play-by-play world. You can move the tears of, of this. Uh, t- the uncle Ted Teddy is our talk. uncle, Marver. That's why. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, they've already kind of done that a little bit, right? I mean, he already well, alter- he already alternates. He starts with the game Jesse, though. He, yeah, he alternates with Jesse Agler, and that's was, the, whole the thing. Point is he tweeted having, it. He tweeted uh, it from Washington when the team was at home. Like he wasn't even. Doing broadcasts, so like I mean, they've kind of already done that. But I no, it's look, you nothing should be. I guess I put it this way: when I'm when I'm older, I'm not even saying old. When I'm older, if I'm doing things which aren't good, I still hope people will criticize me and tell me, "Hey, this isn't good," or like, you know, here's here's where you've gotten worse. I think it, it would be dehumanizing 
and kind of like offensive to not. Um, that's my mindset as a person. So to like treat everyone with kid gloves once they reach you know X age is just not something that I would do. It's kind of like how we all accept that um, even though Leisure Fryer is desperately old and on the brink of death, that he should still hold a driver's license and put everyone at risk. I mean, it's kind of like car. no, it's like kind of like how you know Ian Kinzer is sixty six years old now. But you still should be able to criticize how well he plays second base. Can't believe you passed up the opportunity to say 69. 69. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, the, and the other thing that gets me too, okay, it's like so, all these so, people, you know, all these people who fail so bad at reading comprehension and read into the tweet whatever they want. Like, obviously, if you go read the tweet, it just says that I said he's gotten awful at play by play, which, again, no one has disputed. None, n- neither of you, no one who responded was like, actually, I think he's great still at play by play. If you want to say you're a dick for pointing it out, fair. That's totally a fair commentary. But the thing that gets me are the people that are like quote tweeting this was like this something like how could you possibly air check like putting these technical jargons in there? Are you saying that to it's, Craig? Elson? It's like virtue. It's 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 definitely to Craig. Yeah. It rubs me the same directly. It rubs me the same way. Like that. Like it. <laughs> I have no. I mean, Craig Elson did it. I mean, a lot of people did it. Like 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 fifty people did it. Fifty. Like, seriously, like you should. Oh wow! I actually, your, your mentions. I actually removed Twitter from my phone for a good hour yesterday because I was like, I have to get work done at work before my fraternity Wait, leave. I have to get the shit out. You off of Twitter, like completely? Oh no, 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 the app. No, no, no. For for an hour, I was like, I can't do this while I'm at work. Like, and it's, it's like too tempting when you see someone say something that's obviously fucking stupid that didn't read your tweet to be like to respond to each of them individually is just stupid. So I was like, I need an hour away from this, and I'll come back to it. But. You know all that virtue signaling. It runs me like the. It rubs me the same way that like, like modern politics. Like e- either side of the aisle. Like Trump says something, and then people will be like, "I can't believe Trump loves Nazis." And then I go back and listen to the quote or read it, and I'm like, he does, "It doesn't seem like he loves Nazis based on what you're saying he did." Or like Ilhan Omar will say something about Israel, and people will be like, "Wow, she wants all the Jews dead." It's, and then I go back and see what she said, and I'm like, "That's not what she said at all." It's like the, sort of the same sort of vein of people that take something, kind of put it out of context to kind of like make themselves feel better about themselves because they believe they have a better opinion. Like, oh, no, Ted should be our broadcaster. Half of them were, Ted should be our broadcaster forever. I can't believe someone would, like, doesn't want Ted to be a broadcaster. Like, did you even read whatever? Did you, it's quote tweeted. I can't believe you're advocating for <laughs> Trumpism and a new Holocaust. Is, like, is, it, is that amazing? I yeah. just can't believe yeah. it right now. Wow. Why would you this, even do this that? This really took a dark turn, yeah. by the yeah. way. Yeah. A Holocaust, that's exactly, really? Yeah, that's exactly what I said. There's yeah. good people on both sides. So that's the thing that drives me. <laughs> we need to hear both sides equally. That's the thing that drives me. Uh, oh, God. I wouldn't so even I say it drives me crazy. I, it just is like, dude, just shut the fuck up. Please just shut the fuck up. I mean, that's that's kind of... That's where I am oh. on that. <clears throat> I just... <clears throat> He's just sweating his I, ass off. Yeah, I finished the burrito. Oh, my God. It looks like he just ran five miles. <laughs> You know, I like to call that an executive workout, actually. <laughs> you know, it's like a nice... Spitz. That was a workout. It's a nice bowel workout. Yeah. yeah. Man. The, uh, the Jagoff Manor toilet is going to be feeling it. Uh, a, oh, I don't know, about so an hour. I... I, I uh, <laughs> uh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> I will say, I know the layout of your house very well, because it is the exact same layout as my parents' house. Which toilet do you prefer? Um, do you so, prefer the... the the one tucked away in your uh, master bathroom there in the corner, or are so, you? Uh, like I said, my wife and my my child are out of town, so I will utilize the one in the bathroom in the in the bedroom. I usually would not; doesn't okay. have a fan. Yeah. in it. 
uh, we installed a fan in my child's bathroom. Mm. So I, I usually opt for the child's bathroom. <laughs> wow. <laughs> for matters like these. So with the wife and kid gone, but you so, walk so around just, and just a pair of boxes. Just to be, just like to be no clear, I got total freedom do? to poop in any of the bathrooms. Just, or, and and uh, to be honest, I have the freedom to pee in any of the sinks as well. So, so just to be clear, you complained about the methane cloud as you drove over here, yeah. but now you're willing to poop in your own master bathroom's ventilous bathroom. Absolutely. Okay. Wow. But see, it's kind of different. That's my methane. That's not the garbage dump's methane. Oh yeah, you're, you're, I think it's a different thing. So the thing is, the insane. garbage. You know, where does the garbage come from? Partially me. It's partially my methane cloud. Also, <laughs> you know, the best part of that garbage <laughs> dump is that uh, my garbage, you know, in coastal North County, mm-hmm. gets trucked over to your neighborhood to get buried next to your house. Well, it's not really next to my house in any way, shape, or form. It's actually under your house. It is not, not actually. To, it is under your house. It is not. We and actually so, have. We actually so have I the have history lot. of our lot for like a hundred twelve years or something. And it is not. Your vistas uh, off of the back of your house are actually just of garbage dump. That uh, that scrub brush, is, coastal scrub brush, has grown. <laughs> just shitting on the SEH. It just kills me. I just, just love that it's my it's garbage pulling. that's trucked yeah. out of my neighborhood but into your neighborhood. Hey, you know what? We don't give a fuck. We have a Lordus. We don't care. He's pulling a fuck full you. Eric on the mic right now. Yeah, we have a Lordus. <laughs> God, I am, I'm really sweating a lot right now. Yeah, yeah. you are. Okay, the, the last topic I wanted to cover is, of course, your controversial pizza takes. Yeah. Which um, are just ridiculous. They're not um, ridiculous. Your Again, that, mostly the same um, thing where you're misreading what I'm saying. I believe your quote was that crust is, uh, quote, replacement level ciabatta. Which is yeah. both a, an unfair attack on ciabatta <laughs> as not. well as an unfair attack on pizza crust. How could it be an unfair attack on both of them? One of them is clearly better than the other. Ciabatta is fine. There's no such thing as replacement level ciabatta. No, that's the, that's the, <laughs> there is a thing as replacement ciabatta level ciabatta. Ciabatta as a standard is a one, at least a one war. If you consider Ian Kinsler a one war player, mm-hmm. ciabatta is at least a one war bread. I mean, I think it depends Baseline. on where you get the ciabatta from. I think ciabatta's got a very even small, Panera ciabatta is one war. What does a W stand for there? <laughs> What's the best pizza you've ever had? Oh, that's a great question. Where is it I mean, from? Wh- wh- what was the pizza? Uh, and is it situational really... based on like you enjoyed the place you were at? And because a lot of times, like I have a terrible beer. If you go to Costa Rica, they serve Imperial Cerveza. Mm-hmm. It's an objectively terrible beer, but I have fond memories of it because oh, yeah. I enjoy Costa Rica. Yeah, I mean, if you ask me what my favorite beer is, it's it's memory based. It's like Sagresh sure. in, in Lisbon. The first time I went abroad and like. My buddy and I were walking down the streets at night just drinking. We called it Sagers, but you know, obviously that's not what it is. Uh, or like terrible Ajusko yeah. in Croatia. Like it's, a, it's an objectively awful beer. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. The best pizza I've ever had. Um, there is an, a restaurant owned by the Vetri family in Philly. I don't know if you're familiar with the, uh, the Vetri family in Philly. They own like 20 restaurants there. They're all high-end. They're the closest they'll get to Michelin-starred restaurants there. They've still never had one in Philly. Uh, they have a pizzeria there that is fantastic. Um, what, what style of pizza? The East Coast loves um, flatbread-style pizza. It is flatbread-style pizza. Well, that's the objectively worst kind of pizza. Is this why you think crust is terrible? Because that's the crust you're thinking of? Pizza served no. on a cracker? No, it's, it's not that thin. Uh, Are you the deep dish guy? Um, I'm a, I'm a um, traditional Neapolitan pie guy. Yeah, but that's an extremely thin crust. That's like not that thin. It's it is. soggy. The they actually have become, like regulations the on the soggy. amount of thickness that right. are supposed yes, to be in the crust. Yes, everything is regulated down to 
like minute details. Yeah, like the t- type of tomatoes and the. But it is not crispy like a, like a lot of flatbreads are. It's very soggy. Like the mid the, the classic the classic part of a Neapolitan pie is that the middle of it is is soggy and soupy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's char on mm-hmm. the crust. Yeah, I mean, I would I would guess I would say it's not like I have like a type of pizza that I'm like, oh, that's a great type of pizza. I don't know. I've eaten at what a hundred pizza places in my life, oh, and I would bread. say that Those Little Caesars round table. I mean, obviously everyone's eaten at all the fast food ones, but like Pop I don't nuts. do that now. Uh-huh. I don't do that now. Um, I love I love uh, DeMeo's in downtown Wilmington. It was like for. I mean, it was like if you went to like a knockout pizza now, it's like if knockout was super good and not just very average. I mean, yeah, knockout is terrible. It's like the same sort of you can go in and order individual slices and, you know, that sort of deal. But it was one of those places where like everything was imported from Italy. Even the water that went into the dough was straight out of Napoli. Like all that sort of that authenticity in a family so that owned the what, restaurant for like 100 years. What would you years. say is the difference between uh, an average pie and let's say Pizzeria Trianon in in Napoli. Yeah, I mean, is it the crust? Is it the crust? I don't think it's necessarily the crust. <laughs> why, do, why, do they buy, why, why do they buy the expensive oven? Is it for the sauce? Is it for the cheese? No, it's for is it's it for to make everything. excellent crust. I feel like it's you're for, driving at something. What, <laughs> no, what are you trying to say? I think it's for everything. That crust is the best part of the pizza. It's That's not. what I'm driving. Here's at. Here, here's how I can prove very quickly that crust is not the best part of the pizza. There are no places in San Diego County that. Is like named crusts that you can call them up and just order fucking crust. What do you think it there means? Isn't a, if, if that doesn't exist, it means that there's no market demand for it, which means that that's not a factual statement. People order pizza because they like the, the, the other stuff on pizzas. Crust is a part of it. No the, question. And I'm not saying I don't like crust. I do like crust. But I don't like too much crust. When I order pizza, I'm hoping to eat pizza, not crust. What do you think the implication is? Because no is one just of, orders crust. Have you ever ordered a crust? I've never eaten here. Have you ever ordered crust? Have you ever ordered yes, a crust? Pizza is a crust. No, no, no. no. Have you ever crust been like that is adorned? Hey, yeah, with I'll take an, I'll take a large crust, please. No one's ever done that. You haven't done that, so that's not the part um, of the pizza you like the less. Because very easily you could call them and be like, "Hey, what kind of toppings do, you, toppings do you want? I don't want any toppings, just crusts." People do this all the time. That's what dough bites are. It's just pizza dough that's that's crust. And how many how many and, places and they just turn them into? How into many places are open twists. here that are open? How many places here are open that specialize in that? Rosati's. That's all they make. Well, that's crust specialty, yeah. Because well, their pizza probably every sucks. Every pizza ass. place specializes in crust because that's the product. Crust. It's not. It's actually not and the fact, product, though. In fact, here, here's an a, example: Privateer in Oceanside. No, here's, right? here's a Privateer better. Privateer is a pizza place that's mm-hmm. fairly well regarded. But the thing about Privateer that they advertise and market it as is Privateer coal-fired pizza. Do you know mm-hmm. what coal-fired? Imp- Do you know what that implies? That implies that the crust is made at high heat. And that the crust is special mm-hmm. because it is cooked in a coal fire. Yeah, oven. no one's. You're, again, again, you're not. Again, again, you're not listening. I, I do like crust. It's not terrible, but it's just not. Uh, it's not the part of the replacement piece. level ciabatta. It is. <laughs> if I brought you a bunch of breads, delicious breads from perfect French bakeries, and I brought you a great pizza, and I said, "All right, here's the great pizza," and I cut out the, the interior of the pizza and left you with just the outside crust, and I said. Eat one of these. Eat these delicious bread from this French bakery. Eat this, you know, fresh out of the oven. I, I would choose Neapolitan crust over e- brioche. E- over brioche, okay, but I, I'm not saying only brioche. I would choose it over almost uh, any baguette, any any real any real bread. To be honest, hot Neapolitan crust, I would take that. Okay, but that I mean, I guess that's fair. But my point is that I think it's 
on par with the rest of that. And that's not what no, I ordered. That's just because your opinion. I is ordered wrong. pizza. It's a terrible opinion. So, but in any case, my, my argument is always opinion. My, my argument is always that the, it's it's really the crust to pizza ratio. I hate when you order a pizza and it's like ten inch right. diameter or twelve inch <laughs> diameter, and the crust is like two inches around. This it's like it's like sixty percent crust is this what that is, is by volume for you. It's turned, into, it's turned into this whole argument on Twitter. The math thing is so cool. Was so <laughs> it, it's great turned about into that this tweet. whole argument on Twitter about your opinions on the quality of crust and pizza. When really, it's, it's really just the you volume. Just, no, 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 it's really just you nickel and diming economically <laughs> that you're paying $10 for a pizza and you feel that you're only getting $7 worth of pizza. <laughs> that, so, look, even, I'm half Jewish. What am I supposed the to mo- do? The thing is, even if you were at the most expensive pizza place in San Diego, um, let's say it's a $24 pie. Uh-huh. Uh, you're nitpicking over the equivalent of four dollars worth of crust. This yeah, I whole mean, argument is about n- four dollars worth of crust. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess sure, but at the same time, it's Arguably like, are you supposed are you supposed to just overlook delta, it? Because really, it's the delta between, let's say, an average crust to pizza ratio and whatever place that you're identifying as a high crust to pizza sure. ratio, which is probably really a delta of like two dollars. That's, that's fair, but you're saying it's not a valid complaint. It's it's a complaint. Here's, here's some more evidence, by the way, that people actually don't prefer crust over the rest of the pizza. There have been studies done recently. I mean, you, you can actually see it in the most recent earnings call for Domino's. Companies change their – they actually change the recipes fairly frequently to catch up to competitors, add new features, whatever. And uh, there have been companies over, years, over the years who have changed their crusts or changed their pizza sauces or changed their cheese ratio or where they source certain ingredients or – you know, making different ways on how they deliver it or how they cook it, whatever. And the most important things that have actually driven earnings, like changes in the future, are new new sauces, better cheeses, more toppings. That's it. Companies add new crusts doesn't affect the bottom line. So, and if that were the case, if that's, I mean, obviously people don't expect great crust out of a Domino's pizza, for example, who would be included in a study like this. But the average consumer, most consumers, don't actually believe what you're saying. And I think the proof is in the pudding. There aren't any crusts places in San Diego. If you actually believe it, you should go open a place. Call it Jagoff's Crust. There are. That's any pizza place that has a giant Stoke? tiled pizza no, but, oven right there. No, but no one... That no pizza one oven ma- is on display so but they don't make crusts. Know. Our crust is good. Yeah, sure. But they make pizza. They don't make crusts. And so pizza to say that it's... Pizza is crust. No, but the thing is, I think if you could order pizza without crust... Like, if that was an option and not the fact that it's a baking artifact, the fact of dough expanding as it gets cooked, I think people would order it with no with no thing, with no crust. But I, you don't see people ordering none pizzas. <laughs> this could be part of our It is, it is none pizza, hold the left beef is what it is. Take over stoked and make a Padres bar and we could put... Just call it crust. A crust pizza. Just I, go I will order Go for it. Pizza. I will never go, but it would you be great. Could, I would, it would be right around the corner look, from you fucking look, go. I would be honored if you waste, if you sank six digits of your savings on my stupid take. I would be very honored. Please go do it, Corey. Please. <laughs> the Padres bar is going to rock. It's I promise rock. I won't. It's going to be amazing. I promise I won't upper deck your toilet. We're going we're gonna to wait until next year, though, you know. This year's a <laughs> developmental year. We're going to wait until next yeah, we're year. we're still developing the concept. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, best pizza. I mean, that's tough. It really is tough. I would say this. I can't believe you can't even. A place it doesn't in Philly. even come right off your. Like I can instantly. All right, what's what's name the best, best Chinese food you ever had, you've ever had? What's the best Japanese food you ever? Like you just think about this all day. You go home and write, make lists. I like lists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that. I mean, I don't know. If you gave me like some time to think about it instead of just blurting it to me on the podcast, I could probably go through it and think like that could have been the best pizza I've ever had. 
Also, some of the best pizza I've, I've ever had is like when I was very drunk. Like most, oh. of my, most of mine would be well, like Woodstock's, oh. you know, that, which obviously is not a great. That falls into not the, fantastic, that falls into but the, still, you know, Imperial Cerveza Costa Rica thing. Like it's right. It's right. situational. Best quality pizza but, but you're, I've had. You can I don't know. You should be able to objectively say what the best pie you've ever had. Is. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm. I'm guessing it's at the Vetri, the Vestry Pizza Place on was that 18th and Buttonwood in Philly. I think that's <laughs> Wood. 17th and Spring Garden, maybe some in that area, Art Museum area in Philly. That's probably if you. Force me to give you an answer now, but I, I definitely ate pizza in Italy. I didn't eat it the world famous spot, but we ate it, you know, well esteemed, high reviewed places. Still, the pizza in Naples was was revelational for me. Okay, yeah, I've not been to Naples, so I haven't either. Yeah, it's on my list. It's like twentieth, but I'll get there. It's a terrible, objectively terrible city. Okay, other than the pizza. Okay. I'm forcing my family to go to an objectively awful and arguably unsafe city so that I can eat pizza over a 24-hour period there. It is that great. Yeah. We're taking the train explicitly for me to eat. Yeah. But again, it just comes down to me. Yeah, I guess it does come down to the fact that I feel like I get ripped off when you when you. It just yeah. That sometimes it just pisses me off. It I, does. I just can't believe this is over roughly ten percent. Like the coupon, basically the equivalent of a coupon that you get in the mail. For uh, it's not. Place. It's like it's. It actually comes down to like the maybe a third. Okay. But yeah, you're so still you're still fundamentally now, correct that it comes down to two to four dollars. You're still value. you're still for, certainly fundamentally correct that it comes down to a trivial amount of money being, in my opinion, sort of stolen from me. How, yeah, I'm going to complain about that. You obviously haven't seen my tweets at Chicken of the Sea on Twitter no. or, or uh, Wheat Thins. Well, actually, I have seen Wait, Wheat Thins. <laughs> yeah. Wheat Every, Thins, actually, by the way, is, by the way, no, this is... Everyone should go search at Change the Padres and Wheat Thins and Chicken of the Sea because I've read these and it's great. It's Dude, great the bit. Wheat Thins one is the worst. You know, they changed the recipe a couple years ago and then put on their box that it said original when it wasn't original. They're garbage now. They're like graham crackers almost. Oh, God. I haven't had they're Wheat like Thins in sti- I don't know how long. So the closest thing to what Wheat Thins used to be as delicious, revelationary crackers is right. now the Aldi brand knockoff Wheat Thins. That's the closest you can get to real Wheat Thins now. And it's like not even like a small thing. It's like Nabisco's web... It used to be a thing where Nabisco would have like a post on their website and they had like a comment section and it would only be like a thousand people writing like, yo, fix your fucking Wheat Thins recipe. Was it like to make them more healthy or something? No, they changed the plant where they sourced things. I mean, it was that's what a healthy thing. That's what drove it. And then they were like, "Okay, we're going to bring back the original recipe." And they say it's the original recipe, but it's sourced at a different plant, different ingredients, and it is very much not the original recipe. They're garbage, unbuyable now, in my opinion. How about that? I can't wait. People to go still home do and buy them because they do today. have more like you know wheat in them or whatever and they're you know. there I mean, and they're there but you know there are better crackers now on the market than wheat thins anyways at the time it right. was like like chicken and a biscuit which of course is the best cracker i'm into the uh the gluten-free options these days cory side the seed crackers chicken and a biscuit. no those are fantastic they actually and, are the, hey, the, more, the buttery the better yeah oh oh yeah 100 yeah. yeah and those must just be awful for you but yeah of course. Yeah. If chicken in a biscuit, of course it's And you just want to dip those in something horrible. Yeah, but no, I got owned yeah. pretty hard by chicken of the sea, actually. Uh, like, I opened up a can of tuna. I eat tuna, like, twice a week, probably, at least. Uh, and there was, like, what looked like glass sitting on the top of it. And I was like, what the fuck is this? So I sent a picture of it to them. We went back and forth on DMs. They sent me, like, a ticket for, like, a new can of tuna and also Wait, one a, can of tuna yeah we're, like we're a, talking about 49 cents worth of tuna Holy no shit. two bucks over. i buy yeah. the i buy the high-end stuff but still but yeah still, though but still they fundamentally one, fundamentally you sea yes fundamentally high-end or chicken of the sea uh, chicken of the sea but solid white not chunk light 
Oh, the, uh, the, the, the good white stuff. albacore or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the good right. stuff. The good but stuff. in any case, yeah, two dollars. I'm still griping over nothing, right? But uh, the problem is sometimes I give tuna to my dog, and I would have been felt like shit if I gave him the glass. But so they sent me this coupon. PV. But a well with yeah, a well as well as that, they gave me a case to send back all of the tuna I had purchased, so they would investigate, and also gave me like an eight-page study that was done on these pieces. And it turns out that it's uh, there are certain body parts of the tuna that if they're in the can at a certain part of time and like it's more exposed to the cold than others, it can kind of coagulate in a way that looks like glass, but it's just like bone. It's just like it's fine like to the eat. gelatin in the bone. Totally fine to like. eat. Yeah, totally fine to eat. So I read through the whole thing. I was like, wow, I just got super owned. So I never even went and got, and got my uh, free can of tuna. I was like, look, they answered my question. Totally fine. I didn't get ripped off. You read eight so, pages. But, but so, I, I mean, I read, I, I skimmed. I skimmed. I skimmed. Okay. I skimmed. Did you before, before any, uh, I skimmed. I looked at the pictures. I was like, "Yeah, that's definitely what it was." Like, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, whatever. Okay, fuck. Before, and then I bought their their tuna again the next time I went to the, the store. Before wow. we close this episode of you know the number one Padres of, podcast of, of Marver's terrible takes, um, <laughs> I, I find it interesting that you invested all of this time over a two dollar can of tuna when you can't be bothered to do this podcast. Oh when, wow! When you're so very busy all the time, yeah. So that you're hassling the good people. Well, this was Bisco, years ago, though. National Biscuit Company over their wheat thins. Yo, yo, don't fuck with my crackers, man. Those are my favorite crackers. I used to buy. I mean, I used to go through boxes and boxes of wheat thins, and now I won't touch them. Like if I was in a desert, like starving of hunger, and there were wheat thins there, I would probably not eat them. Wow, ah, the world would Out be a of, better place. Wouldn't yeah, it? <laughs> According to John Gennaro, certainly, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, we're closing out. Yeah, the, so... The greatest Padres podcast there could ever be. Yeah, it is the greatest Padres podcast there could ever be. Can we mention something that happened today? Of course. While we were hanging out at the buses, waiting for the players to come out. Are we talking about Leitner? No, we're talking about Bob Scanlon. Bob Scanlon, yes. Oh, I want to hear this. I, I got the Leitner bit, but... Uh, well, that, of course, is going to lead off this episode, uh, has led off this episode with the audio of that. Good, but. good, good. Uh, Bob Scanlon walked out. He's, of course, dashingly handsome and oh, very tall. Beautiful and, hair. Uh, he blew us off. He, he walked by us. He didn't he acknowledge us. Well, he kind of, like, gave yeah. us a wave or it whatever. Was, was it better know, or worse yeah. than Manny Margot? Uh, Margot didn't acknowledge no, us. No, Mar- Mar- Margot kind of, like, he looked yeah, at he just kind of looked. I was yeah. referring, Bob Scanlon gave us a courtesy wave. Yeah, I was referring to the quote, blew you off, but that's n- oh, neither uh, here nor there. Wow. That's Fanny Margot, not... Uh, I said... Oh, I ha- you did, yeah. I did say Manny Margot. said Fanny Margot? That's Fanny um, Perverts. And then uh, as Scan was walking away from us after blowing us off, I think I yelled, uh, Hey, Scan, um, what do you think about the serious situation? <laughs> and he just paused. And it, it took him like a second. He turned around. And he was like, H.A.? <laughs> and then walked over to the line over to me. And I was like, yeah, it's just curious. What you, you know, you're going to Canada. What do you think about the uh, Canadian health care system and single payer? And he's like, you know, that's an interesting thing that I'm going to ponder on to discuss this with you. I love Scan. Scan I do like Scan. Scan he scored a lot of points with me. Fantastic. In the he past, scored- I think I pointed out that I think he's a shill. But he's- he, actually, he actually emailed me a couple years ago when I pointed out on Twitter that I thought he was a shill. He actually took the time to figure out my email address and personally emailed me to... Call you a cocksucker? Like, no, no, no. It was actually a very cordial <laughs> conversation. It was like, I was like, wow, this guy... So, I mean, ever since then, I've liked Scan. Like, yeah, there's like ways Scan. to handle yourself in the face of criticism. Scan handles it well. He does handle it very well. And so, I, I like Scan. He's also, really he provides, I'm so provides glad that great pitching insight. From... Like, I... I Honestly, like when he's talking about different grips on the baseball and right, things like that. Right, yeah. I do the like mechanics. I, I, he yeah. provides a lot of information that's not absolutely just, like. L- let's be honest. Sweeney provides podcast level information. Uh, 
Scan provides professional athlete level yeah. insight mm-hmm. that Sweeney should be providing. Like veteran professional right. baseball. Like like pitching coach level you know, it's, information it's that I was expecting back. Saris, right? Because Eno Saris is obsessed with grips, pitch grips, and the effect on, on spin and, and movement and things like that. And mm-hmm. I think Scan has kind of picked up on that. Um, and provided that kind of information, which is enlightening. Like, that's what I'm tuning in for, for information that I can't provide myself pulling it out of my ass like mm-hmm. Sweeney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. That's great, though. That's that's amazing. Do you have the audio of that, too, or no? No, we, we don't have the audio oh, of that. Man, that good. was great, though. Yeah, that that's was good. fantastic. Well, uh, let's close it out here. It's been a real mega episode. It has been a mega episode. It's been, you know, well past the time I told my wife I'd be gone. I've stopped but, sweating, uh, you know. <laughs> Just to be clear, yeah. but the shirt is still wet. Yeah. That's all that yeah, matters. It's damp, but yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's been a good time. Until next time, go Padres. Go Padres. Go Padres. Go Padres.